Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Hey, how did you get involved in dreams? That's so funny and synchronistic. You're we're on we're on target today, you and I, because before um, we started, I thought to myself, maybe I should start with my own experience about what happened in dreams, and give you the analysis of the dream so that you can understand where I where I'm sure. coming from. Sure, love to. Um, I'm fifty. I'm uh, sixty-seven, and when I was just turned 21, I had my first of four daughters who was born with Down syndrome. And so that was 46 years ago. And 46 years ago, most people didn't take their Down's child home. Uh, Lots of people gave them up. And so my doctor, because my parents would not advise us one way or the other, because they wanted to show that they were supportive if we wanted to bring Tina home, and they were also supportive if we wanted to give her up. It was whatever you want to do. And so a doctor of mine advised me to give her up and hurry up and go home and get pregnant again. Forget you ever had her. He literally said that. And not so long after, I became depressed, understandably, and I ended up in the office of an unbelievable New York Freudian analyst who was here in Montreal. And um, I wasn't well able to articulate my feelings in my early 20s, but I'm a dreamer, and I've always had incredible dream recall. And I used to go to the sessions with the shrink, always with a dream. So my first experience with Freud was that I experienced him long before I studied him. And I started having, after about two months there, I started having a recurring dream about a freight elevator, a big, wide space with that wobbly floor that we all are familiar with. And I couldn't figure out, except that I didn't feel like I had my ground, literally. It's kind of a a pun or a play on words, which we do all the time in our dreams. And so... It was like a series. I kept having this freight, my freight elevator dreams. And one of the ways that you can find, um, you know, uh, uh, you want, your first goal is to attach the dream to the very specific current issue that triggered that dream. That's what I'm going to do with everybody tonight. I'm going to ask you questions to help people tell me what's the situation in your life this week that triggered the dream. And for me, the wobbly floor was, I didn't feel like I had my ground. I felt insecure and unhappy. And it turned out to be that I didn't like that we gave up Tina. I didn't like it. I had, didn't know where she was, what institution, because somebody else placed her for us. We gave, we asked um, a close family friend to find uh, somewhere, but I didn't know where. And I knew this thing, it wasn't fitting for me. I had a baby. Where is she? <laughs> and maybe it worked for somebody else to give the child up, but it wasn't working for me. 
And one of the ways that you find a, a solution is by taking the images of the dream outside into waking life as if it really happened, and you decide what what it, what would you do, like what's the solution to the freight elevator dream. And when I lecture at universities, I often ask that question, and I'll get some people in the room say, oh, I'd stop the elevator, and somebody else will say, oh, I'll sit down so it stops wobbling. Well, what we're going to do, what we're going to do in the dream state, Lainey, is, of course, talk about all kinds of various dreams that people have, lucid dreams, precognitive dreams, solution-finding dreams, which you're an expert in. So one one of the questions, Lainey, that I want to ask you is when you get into these solution-finding dreams, do they come automatically? Yeah, that's why this is a great example, because I took the dream out into waking life and asked myself, what is it that I would do What's the solution to the freight elevator dream is to bring people into the dream. Because if you bring people into the elevator, you put a lot of weight on the floor and it stops wobbling. And the reason I use the freight elevator is because that in my memory bank, which is your unconscious, is very rich with material. And when I was a little girl, I used to go to work with my dad on the weekends, and he had a big freight elevator in his office that used to make me a little nervous, but I always felt better because my dad was there. And I invited my parents to come with me to visit Tina. And then I brought her back into my life. I mean, she passed away a few years ago, but she was a big part of my life. Sure. And I realized that the solution was to bring Tina back into my life. And the way to get there was to invite my parents to come with me. What makes dreams, Lainey, so powerful? I mean, they are very, very powerful. That was a powerful dream because it changed my whole life with my daughter, Tina. I mean, she could have been in an institution forever. Of course. So that was one of the first um, uh, dreams in, in, uh, do, in doing uh, dream analysis that made me realize how powerful your dreams are. And at the first level, we are problem-solving something that's bugging you this week. So that, that's what triggers the dream, is a current event that you are attempting to problem-solve. And when you want to look deeper for l- more life-lasting change in your life, you can take the same dream from the surface level, and after you've dealt with the solution to your current issue, you can look deeper into the dream for life-lasting change which is unbelievable. It's amazing what you can get from your unconscious every morning when you wake up. It's exciting. It truly is. Now, what would you say is the most important thing we can learn about our dreams? Not to push them away when you wake up in the morning, because we prioritize. And the same way you get up in the morning and you ask yourself, who do I have to email today? Who do I have to see? Where do I have to go? You plan your day and you prioritize it. And our unconscious isn't any different at night. So if you have 5,000, 6,000 things happen to you today, and I'm including every time the phone rang, every time you went to the washroom, every email you sent, all it adds up. And maybe you have you know, 10,000 things that happen to you today. When you go to sleep tonight, your unconscious is going to prioritize the one thing that's bothering you the most. 
And all of your dreams tonight, even though you may think they're different, all of your dreams are you having a discussion with yourself. That's what the dream is. It's a conversation that you're having with yourself, figuring out the solution to something that's bothering you. And the great news I'm here to tell you is that the solution appears in your, in your unconscious, of course, before it gets to your conscious mind so you can propel your problem-solving skills. I'm going to ask you a question about one of my recurring dreams, which I haven't had anymore in about 40 years, uh, okay. which is a good thing. But I yeah. graduated from the University of Detroit in 1972. I got a degree in broadcast journalism. I needed 128 credits to do it. I had 128 credits, and I got my degree. Uh, and uh, helped along because I got four credits for working full-time at a radio station, uh, and so the university had a working relationship if you had a job. So I got my degree in four years, as I promised my father, and everybody was happy. All of a sudden, lady, I started having these dreams, almost like nightmares, that I didn't get my degree. And I would wake up in a cold sweat going, oh, my God, I'm a credit short. What did I do? And then all of a sudden, I realized it's a dream. George, you're okay. I ended up having to sleep with my college diploma near the side of my bed. So when I would have one of these recurring dreams, I'd wake up and see my name, University of Detroit, you know, Bachelor of Arts. To settle myself down. To to settle (laughs) myself down. But I must have had 50 of these dreams over a period of five years, and then they abruptly stopped. What happened? Right, and because, as I was saying, um, you're, you're working something out, a solution to an issue, even though you had th- those dreams over a period of five or six years, each time you had them, at the first level, it was about something different. So each time you had it, and it's called a favorite expression, and that picture of you feeling that you're one credit short and you don't have the degree that you know you have, that you were saying something to yourself when you use that picture related to these different situations that happened, and then you let go that favorite expression. I'll give you a, a perfect example of that, why, what situation might trigger that dream. Okay. From my four daughters, I would say, now that they're all adults, I could say to you that uh, if there's such a degree in parenting, I must have it, because I've been doing this for 46 years. So I could say that I've got all my credits when it comes to parenting. Yeah, you've got a PhD in parenting. Exactly. But here I am, and sometimes one of the daughters will do something, and frankly, I don't know what the heck to do. I I don't always know how to handle the situation, and that's a a scenario that could produce a dream like this, where I say to myself, hey, wait a second, I've got a PhD in parenting here, and I don't know what the heck to do. I feel like I'm I'm shy a credit here. Well, in my case, what was it that spearheaded the dream initially, and then why did it stop? I mean, I haven't had one in 40 years. I don't even, I mean, I do still look at my, my bookcase where my diploma is, and, uh-huh. I, and I'll peek at it every right. once in a while. It but I mean, back those memories. But I, I guess that we're having, we're having a discussion about worth, you know, about uh, capabilities 
and uh, accomplishments. And all of us sometimes forget about how accomplished we are. We don't always give ourselves the credit. And, and let me, I guess I should add a, ca- a caveat to this. It'll help you understand the dream a little bit more. Okay. Uh, when, when I was uh, 19 years old, I was working at a television station in Detroit, going to school full-time during the day, and uh, then I got a job when I was 21 as a radio reporter. Uh, but they wanted me to work all kinds of hours, which meant a lot during the day. And I couldn't because I had all these classes. Well, they were going to tell me to go. You, George, you're going to have to go if you can't work, if you can't work our hours. And so I was, talked to my university counselor, and he said, take your courses at night. Uh, if they want you to work 89% of the time during the daytime, take night courses you still get your degree. You've got two more years to go, George. You'll get your degree in, in, you know, four years total. And I promised my father I would do that, and I did. And, Laney, i got to tell you, I would come in at 8 in the morning, do my full-time job wow. as a radio reporter, and then right after that, I'd go oh, to cool. the University of Detroit, and I'd go to school, and I got my degree in four years. My dad did not think I was going to, and he was just obsessed with this thing happening in four years because he felt, and he's from the, he was from the old country, that if I didn't do it in four years, I wasn't going to do it at all. And I told him I would do it, and sure enough, I did. And I think maybe that's one of the reasons why I wake up wondering if I had that degree. Excellent. Excellent. So that you're talking about this conversation that you have with yourself about capabilities. That's kind of what the discussion is about. And I obviously you you came through it, obviously, because the dream you moved on to something else. And it doesn't mean that there aren't days when you feel incapable, but you use another image because that one you seem to have resolved. I did. That one went away. Your worth. Absolutely. I mean, I even kind of miss those dreams, but uh, they're gone. That's funny. And yeah, and once you figure out what it is that you're saying to yourself, the images have a habit of disappearing. I guess the way the unconscious works is it tries to find images that'll that you can't figure out. It's sort of part of the part of the phenomenon of the unconscious. And then, of course, I was taking a Spanish course, and I was getting a D. I wasn't very good at Spanish. And my professor fell and broke his leg, and so he would come into school with his crutches and his books, and he'd drop his books. So every day after class, I would take his books and carry them to his car for him. I ended up getting a B. (laughs) (laughs) That's the way to do it, eh? (laughs) Never dreamt about that one, though, but uh, that seemed to work out, too. You 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 think we can uh, solve a lot of things in our dreams solutions? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Um, and I use like five basic, uh, I should say six basic points of entry. I call them to, and I call it a point of entry because you want to think to yourself when you hear a dream. How am I going to begin my line of questioning? Because it's not a psychic thing that I'm doing. It's a psychological thing. And so I don't know what your dream is about. I have to ask you the right questions, and you end up telling me what the dream is about. Uh So there's a woman. It's just a one-picture dream. I I like these for the radio. There's this woman who's dreaming that she's got a brand-new puppy, and she's so excited about the puppy that she puts it right on the table in 
front of her, so they're eye level with each other. And all of a, and she's just so happy. The puppy's so cute. And all of a sudden, it poos all over her, all over the table, and all up and down her arms. And she, sounds like my producer Tommy's dog. <laughs> <laughs> and so I used a feelings point of entry because what I noticed in the dream is she starts out so happy and excited, and all of a sudden the dog poos everywhere. So there's a, a, a shift in the feelings, and I asked her, what do you think happened in your life this week, a situation that you started out being so excited about, and now it's turned into a big mess? And she knew the answer right away. It was the job. She got a brand new job that she was so happy about, and after about two or three days there, she realized the boss is a very abusive person, and he was literally pooing all over her. Ah. Like that was the feeling, and that's why she used that metaphor. And so one of my favorite ways of finding a solution is to, what I did with a freight elevator dream, is to take the dream out to waking life. And I asked her, if you really had a new puppy and it really pooed all over you, what would you do in waking life? She said, I would take it off the table and then I would clean it up. And after further investigation, we learned language. It's all about the dreamer's language. I can't impress that enough upon you. And so for this woman, when she says, take it off the table, she means to say it's non-negotiable. She, when she's taken something off the mm-hmm. table, it's over. It's a it's done deal. And that's what she did. She quit the job the next day. And so you get the solution, and it comes in the form of a metaphor. And that's a great example of a person making a decision. And now, she would have left the job anyway, by the way, but maybe it would have taken her a month. But because she understood the language of the metaphor and what she's saying to herself in the dream, it pushes you to propel your problem-solving skills Because she quit that job the next day. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.